1: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
2: You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby.
3: Andy Jacobs. This is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we were joined by cricket photographer Philip Brown, who talked about his excellent new book, the Colours of Cricket, with some of his best work in. He was on form, wasn't he?
4: He was. A tremendous. And Antonio Cricket, we also spoke to Andy Zoltzman. Yeah. It's good fun.
3: A lot of man cadding going on in the world of African cricket. Oh, yes, yeah, a broad church, this place. And uh, we talked about a new film, boxing film. Very powerful story. The Champion of Auschwitz. We spoke to the director of that movie. We had a chat. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. It's Andy now with us three days a week very pleased to say a couple of the listeners have been in touch Roger Clifford says I hope this is a sign that uh, Annie's wife Sue's health is improving yes it is
4: a little bit yeah yeah not too bad so uh, she's very keen for me to get out of the house yeah well I would be as well Um, also Tim worries it's good to have you back
3: for an extra day but he worries about the impact it'll have on the quality of the jokes in the birthday spread I think that's that's not a serious
4: comment is it doesn't
3: impact your writing time your creative time well it does
4: impact my writing time so I, I like we to do it Dropping
3: quality. Yes.
4: <laughs> wow. That is saying something. Now I've got one, one excellent one for this week Good. so far. Out of ten, so not, read, ba- not a bad hit rate. I, was at, I write about fifteen a week because I, I like to filter it down. Wow. You only get the best. Really? <laughs> that's, that's actually sometimes I leave them out because they're a bit racy. You know. That okay. They're for that time of year. It's the big school big, run and all yeah, that. You've got to be careful. i had a brilliant one for uh, what's his name? The skier. What's his name? Keely. Was his name? Jean Claude Keely,
5: Okay, no, well, I'm not sure. Know, I
4: can't remember him. A famous skier, but I couldn't put it in anyway. That's by the by. Anyway, to last night's game. <laughs> yeah, and, you were at the uh, bridge. You went to Champions League. Yeah, football I, I, I was thinking during the match, I hope Paul's watching the goals show. It was such a well, terrible I, I game. I watched the
6: first
3: half of your game and then I did cut to the goals show. Really, right, as, it, really. Yeah, the full nightmare of Barca starting
4: to unfold. The early stages of the Champions League, it's never, you know, it's always going to be a tight thing. Nobody wants to lose. Zenit were very organised, played some nice football at times. And had a good chance, didn't they? Yeah, I think one one would would have flattered them, but we didn't really create much. And they're winning Chelsea without playing brilliantly. But one of the things I find about the Champions League is that because you have to apply for your ticket, it's not automatic you get different people sitting there yeah so all the regular people that you sit with aren't there with a couple but mostly it's different people so there's one bloke the typical bloke filming the thing on his phone yeah the the whole game the start of the game like the the champ so my son and i decided to sing the champions league theme which no one can sing in tune extremely loudly behind him (laughs) so that magic moment has been ruined by your cat that's all you'll hear is that (laughs) champions and we're in that and then this the, the, the three Herberts sitting next to us and this bloke said to my son because uh, uh, they, they started saying, stand up for the champions. And you know the yeah. thing you get at football when a bloke goes, come on mate, stand! why aren't you standing up? <laughs> standing up. So my son said, well I've stood up for them quite a long time. You know, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Well how long have you been coming here? So he said, well, sounds like I, a charmer. So, yeah, since I was six and I went 1959, you? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then he said then I said, where do you normally sit every yeah. week? Because that shut him up because he was the only came for that game all right Standing Stand up, up, yes, really annoying, you know. But never mind. Mm. What can you do? Anthony Taylor on form as usual with a reverse scram pole, yes. sending off a player with only one yellow card.
3: Yeah, look, these things happen. I love the fact he pointed all the places where mm. the guy had been uh, aiming to get a second yellow card when he not even had the right, yeah. first. He didn't seem too upset. He seemed to have great confidence in the system. Yeah.
4: Uh, Garmash, well, you know, defender. A, it's a bit like cricket umpires. You know, you've got to accept VAR and DRS. It gets you out of trouble. It's better than making the wrong decision. Yeah. So I think they accept it. Uh the Venger boys are back. Have you seen nineties pop sensation? <laughs> the Venga really? Boys. Yeah. They want the Brits to be held twice a year. <laughs> hey, uh, come on. Come on. If only that could have gone in the birthday spread. <laughs> that's actually a joke, I yeah, it? And it is actually a joke.
3: Yeah. Just, <laughs> that was t- we tell you what happened. When Andy wrote that down a little bit earlier on, he went, Oh that's fantastic. <laughs> and I thought I'd sent him a couple of the late great Norm Macdonald clips and I thought he was watching those. <laughs> Sorry. Um and I'm not Oh, and Andy said, uh, <laughs> Oh no, he was laughing at something he'd just written. The great, thing is, isn't I don't what know about you because you write
4: a lot of funny stuff, but I mean, mm. if it doesn't make you laugh when you initially write it, it's yeah. probably not funny, is it? I mean, he's got to sort of tickle you a bit as you it's write. There's a it. lot of sketch shows that never would have got made on that basis, I <laughs> tell you. And uh, do you see that vegans <clears throat> break wind more than anybody I'm... else? Vegans. Oh, yeah, do they? Yeah. it Could be a problem with the ozone lo- layer over Forest Green oh, rovers, it could I be I bad, they're yeah, bad Yeah, there, they could be drafting in cows to improve the air quality could be that's true that's true and lewis hamilton mm. you see his outfit at the met ball and uh, yes i did yeah yeah it looks like he stood up and was still attached to the tablecloth
2: <laughs> <It's> ridiculous.
4: <laughs> that's right he's got oh, tucked like, into his got tucked into his kegs oh, in his defense he, he got
3: a whole table at it for oh, young no, british he, designers i, I thought it was a very nice touch. he's, he's yeah.
4: a good man you know but it's just his clothes sense i mean mean, look. don't ask me i mean sports illustrated voted him amongst the top dress sports people around the world i personally can't see i think he looks a bit if you
3: in your your, uh, menswear days when you had your shop if you had like a suit Mm. that had had one like wedding dress leg would you a would you have bought that when you went over to the italian fashion it would have been a sticker wouldn't it imagine trying to sell that nobody would
4: buy that someone comes in for a tie you're not looking for a pair of trousers with a lace leg are you (laughs) Some of this high fashion stuff, I'm fascinated by the prices, yeah. by the quality. I don't get it, but there you go. Well,
3: look, we've had someone at um, New York Fashion Week, oh, yes. which is good news. He's come out of retirement. He's been quite busy, but um, rugby league man is, is back on the circuit. I can't believe he's, he's had some issues. He had slight burnout in the fashion world. Is that sort of industry. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's true. And he, he took a break.
4: But um, he's
3: back. He will be I think back it's when he sleeping. appeared
4: from that pub in in Russia they finally finished him off. Think, we could hear him in the background. That's right. And all the customers in the in the pub were sort of thinking, "What on earth is this?" Yes, that's true. I think he he, he decided it was time to retire
3: at that point. They've changed the music at PSG. We'll be finding out a mm-hmm. bit more about it. But um, they used a bit of old Phil Collins, and apparently that that kept the crowd at PSG happy. But uh, the person that is now got the new music he's a big psg fan and he didn't want to usurp phil collins he feels very bad about it so we'll be finding out a little bit more about that um mm. later on and it happens it happens at all levels i mean there's infamous ones aren't there didn't glenn change it at chelsea put a bit of soft rock on or jump, something?
4: i think he put By jump. Van Halen, oh, he put, yeah. and then
3: but they soon went back to the blue is the color yeah, didn't so they it was
4: better, it is uh, mike the, walker did uh, it, yeah. everton joe walking the uh, liquidator anymore for they still reason. play was it liquidate they yeah, came I out think to stopped, I, noticed, I didn't notice it last night but there, i'll keep an eye out for
3: that. the uh yeah mike walker at evan and joe raw came back in and, and started oh yeah. zed cars oh again yeah. so you know you Don't can't mess with tradition You know they are real i mean you know they will accept change most football fans but some things are sacrosanct and one is changing the walk-on music so, I just wondered down in, sort of in the lower reaches, maybe in the world of non league, this mm. goes on as well. We know, the, we know the big sort of Premier League level ones, championship level ones, but what about a bit lower down the footballing food chain? Have you had examples when maybe you're part of a non league club where someone has said, I think it's about time we updated the music? It's just something you don't do. Let us know your stories this afternoon.
2: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. It's interesting that, isn't it? The the
3: strike red card. Mm. Because the player himself, I mean, look, he can't see it. I don't know if he's watched it back. Probably not. It's probably too horrific from his point of view, but. Um, it's good they think he's going to play again this year. But for Harvey Elliott to, to send out that message on social media saying, I, I didn't think it was a foul or, or a red card, mm. and yet it's still been upheld by the PGMI. Well, it's odd sort of because
4: the, the, the uh, referee didn't send him off on the day. Nobody really protested. They were but upset to send him off, but he wasn't no, going he, to. No, no, first, but, I mean, he wasn't really. going to. He didn't even give a free kick, is what I meant. Uh, you know, it was an odd, it's an odd one. They're just reacting to the injury rather than the tackle.
3: But. Yeah. Anyway, good news that he could be back uh, yeah, this definitely. season. Um, so, um, still to come this afternoon, we will be uh, chatting to Tim Vickery. Another bit of good news that Pele's on the mend, by the sound of yeah. it. His family are saying so. Uh, his foot's for sale, you know, not not the
4: real thing. You mean like a gu- it's a gold cast, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's a it's a gold. Uh, yeah, gold sculpture of football legend Pele's famous left foot. I thought he was right-footed, wasn't he? Oh, is, it, is it is it his famous <laughs> left foot? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Never mind. I think he was pretty
3: good with both feet. He's He's expected um, to go up to 5,000 quid. I couldn't quite work out what... I was trying to find out. There seems to be a a lot of conjecture about what size he was. Whether he was an eight or an eight and a half. I'll buy it for you and you can measure. Yeah, that's, that's a nice be a nice out, paperweight. It? it would be. Well, you got got there, oh, I a cast of Pelly's foot. Um, also, later on, we're going to be talking about man-cadding, about uh, moving cricket that never goes down particularly well, not seen to be within the spirit of the game, and very few players, very few bowlers maybe do it more than once. She can't once.
4: be warning each batsman, I mean, each time she well, does
3: it. Well, one uh, one player in Cameroon has man cadded five players in the same game. I know, she's, <laughs> good. she's very good
4: at it. She comes in... She sort of goes right into her action. You think she's going to bowl, yeah. And she gets to the top of her arc of her action, yeah. and she turns around, and just swipes the stumps down. It's brilliant. It, it's 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 taking
3: out the. Uh, I'm sure you're aware, but it's taking out the batsman at the non-striker's end. So mm. as as the bats as the bats woman or man advances yeah. to uh, once the ball's you know take tries to steal a few yards. Yeah, it's a bit naughty. You, you, get you shouldn't them out. do it. No, yeah. you shouldn't do it. But to do it five times, but more full the other team oh yeah we're falling for it five after the second one you think we well, are not going to mess about with her, she will do it again no so anyway uh are, are we in a position to speak to our next guest no we're not okay we'll we'll, we'll just keep plugging
4: away then no problem after that great strike by andros townsend which you yeah. know obviously we know try and we please for him and it was a great goal wasn't it uh but Rafa didn't congratulate him and then had, had a go at him for not staying wide enough and it just confirms what i've always thought about Rafa Benitez which is he's a great coach yeah but an absolutely joyless man <laughs> who takes no pleasure in football at all i mean how could you not think that was a brilliant but goal and say always been his thing when I know, the, the, but it's the first joyless, thing, whenever
3: it? his team score a goal he doesn't celebrate it he doesn't look particularly happy he, he starts coaching
4: he immediately tells the players it's what they didn't coach, do and i think everton have got a terrific yeah. chance and they should have a very good season but i uh, you know i'd like to see him smile occasionally it's, it's his stick though
6: don't you think he's always is, he's always you know, done that he's, he's always enjoy
3: yourself, you know because as soon as his team scores he starts pointing yeah starts shouting at players and pointing that's uh, maybe that's his way of celebrating
4: that's i suppose it is but yeah, who knows you know you've got to enjoy yourself really uh the queen she's had a bumper season on the track did you see this yeah i know year? it's she's fantastic she's won a lot of prize money hasn't she, she has how much money she's won 460 grand in wow. nine months as a, as an yeah. owner obviously well, yeah as a jockey not as a, having bets yeah just <laughs> no, starts hanging See around down
3: the... anyway <laughs> yeah. we're just
4: we can, we're gonna, right.
3: as we couldn't bring you the guests we hoped to we will now talk about uh, man cadding and uh, okay. as I say it's quite rare that it goes on but five times from one bowler in the same mm. game because uh, a fifth i think was added yesterday we understand um so let's let's bring you a little bit of commentary now
2: yeah, bizarre dismissal. really bizarre dismissal oh gone again
1: well i tell you what it's another man cad i'm not too sure that uganda will enjoy that too much another one another run out it's another man cad well sean george almost left with no choice almost doesn't want to give the dismissal it's gone again it is frustrating it's the fourth or fifth Mancad. I'm not sure. I've lost count, to be honest.
4: <laughs> one giant step for Mancad.
3: <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> uh, the bowler in question is Cameroon's Maver Duma. She's
4: the one who's, who's given have us... your line on her.
3: <laughs> well, yes, Andy Zortzman joins us now. Um, cricket expert, statistician and comedian, of course. Hi, Andy. Hello. Hi, uh, I look for, we do look forward to Maver doing the Spirit of Cricket lecture <laughs> next year. <laughs> <laughs>
7: it's,
3: well, well, it's a lovely thought.
7: It is, uh, I mean, it would be a, a great lecture to hear. We'd we, we give it some kind of context. She's only 16, yeah. and it was the uh, the first uh, international match played by Cameroon women. Um, so, it, I mean, let's put it down to youthful enthusiasm. But I mean, the, the mancat has been something that's sort of been dividing cricket, well, since it was named after the great Indian all rounder. Uh, Vinu venu manka which i think went back to i think the 47 48 series against uh, against australia um but um yeah it was quite extraordinary to see the four in uh, in one game it didn't help cameroon they still lost to uganda by 155 runs after <laughs> disappointingly being bowled out for 35 in oh, a 220 match so.
4: Yeah, I mean at 16, it's amazing that she's got that technique to be able to. She's stop got it in her locker. Yeah. yeah, at the top of her arc of her bowl, her bowling, and then sort of switch to suddenly, you know, taking the stumps out. It, I mean, it is considered bad form. I remember Ashwin did it, didn't he? And uh, people really weren't happy about it at all.
7: Well, I, th- I think the reason people don't like it is because you know, cricket is a, a contest between a bowler bowling a ball at the batsman and the mankad removes the essence of cricket from cricket. But I, I think in the, if I remember the Ashwin incident with Butler and Butler was, you know, taking advantage by being a, a little way down the pitch. Um, so it's just, I think more that it's, it's it's not sort of necessarily underhand unless there's a, an element of sort of deception involved in the sort of dummy ball, which um, isn't, I think, technically allowed, but it's more that it, it's It's not what cricket is. It's, you know, you want bowlers to defeat batsmen um, rather than the ball not even to come into play.
3: I say it would have been a bit eggy in the bar afterwards, don't you think? When they all get back in there, saying you're sticking around for something to eat. Are we sticking around for what? Five mancans? Was well, you sticking around
4: for something to eat?
3: You can, yeah. I mean, it what happens in easy conversation. Cricket? We don't
4: hear about it much in club cricket. You'd imagine it would cause because club cricket, league cricket, can be quite narky, as I know for myself. Yeah. And I'm,
3: su- I'm sure the, the kind of uh, the kind of wisdom will be full of stories of that going mm. on in the lower reaches, Andy.
7: Uh, yes, you'd think so. I mean, you, and it does seem to happen more often than it uh, than it used to. There was, a, I think, was it the final of the World Under Nineteen World Cup um, a few years ago? There was a, a mancad that won the match and it's uh, uh yeah and you mentioned the, the ashwin uh incident I think in the in the ipl so but it is something that that happens i mean i, I think it'd be quite easily dealt with if you know the, the laws of cricket were tweaked so that the, the the batter at the non-striker's end can't leave the crease until the ball is bowled and you know even if it's you know like a batting no ball that if you're out of your crease when the ball is bowled it's it's a no ball or something not sure quite sure how they'd Adjudicate that, or it'd be easier with a you know TV umpire. But obviously, not all games have that down in the village leagues. But no. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think you know it's sort of it's kind of self-regulated for a large part by you know issuing a warning and sort of unofficial warning. And then if you've if you've been warned and you still do it, then you've only got yourself to blame if you're the if you're the 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 batsman run out.
4: I don't know if you're a fan of TikTok, but if you are <laughs> and you love cricket, <laughs> yes, there are so many brilliant cricket village cricket, league cricket. Videos, little videos of sort of terrible batsmen, terrible bowlers, blokes missing the stumps from about two. Oh, inches. you showed me an incredible yeah, run. Out it's quite there, fun it? actually. Yeah, don't... Yes, a good well, source.
7: I'm, uh, I'm not to to be honest, but I I think England did their best to to add to that 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 run out at at the Oval when uh, I think they essentially missed the same run out in five different ways in one ball
2: uh, when uh, Rishabh Pant was batting.
4: It It was was, crucial uh... as well in that match; would
2: have made such a difference. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
4: Uh, We were talking to Andy Zortzman
3: a little bit earlier on about uh, cricket. Now, beautiful new book, lovely coffee table book, Mm. The Colors of Cricket: A Collection of the Photographs of uh, Season cricket photographer philip brown and he uh, joins us in the studio hi philip good to see you
8: hi there thanks for having me i'm not sure what seasoned means. Uh, well i, 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 well, well, I could have said i could have gone down venerable i could have gone down
3: there were so many routes i could have got experienced uh yes it's so what i mean you photograph other sport before when did you kind of tend to focus on cricket and why
8: I think there was a lot of other photographers who suddenly decided they didn't like cricket when mm. they had to get to the ground at 8 in the morning and leave at 8 at night. So I was a schmuck who said, yeah, I don't mind doing that. And all of a sudden I was doing it nearly every day. So, But I kind of – I did love cricket, but mm. I loved photography more and all of a sudden that was where I was. But, yeah, I, I, yeah, I haven't done football or rugby or anything for quite a while now. Yeah. I'm quite happy – Going to the normal places. Sure.
4: It's a brilliant montage uh, to show your longevity of, of sort of accreditation passes. It's fantastic. It's like you over the years <laughs> and uh, lots of changing hairstyles. Actually, not maybe not. Actually, not. <laughs> it just gets, it gets longer and shorter, but it doesn't.
3: Because um, you are known for it. Stuart Broad, who wrote the uh, forward, uh, talks about the, the shaggy hair. That's always been there, hasn't it?
8: I've always had hair yeah. and uh, I've, luckily I've still got some. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I just thought I'd put uh, photograph all the passes, accreditation passes. Mm. I mean, the the day I straightened my hair was just a kind of joke, but I did send it in to different accreditation places and they, they used it. So that wasn't a hairstyle that stayed around for a long time. Yeah,
3: I once asked a football photographer some, mm. for some pictures from Benfica Stadium, the Stadium of Light, and uh, he said, they're not my best. He said, the light's not great um but so i just wonder what is the yes, seriously uh, what's the best um, what's the best place to photograph cricket would you say around the world from from a professional's point of view
8: uh i i still really enjoy going to lords mm. first went to lords in 89 and i still get a kind of kick going back to lords cricket ground i love going to Newlands in Cape Town, yeah. where if you get a little bit bored with the cricket, it doesn't happen mm. every day, but you might get. You can just look at those beautiful mountains behind. Mm. Uh, yeah, they're probably the top two.
4: The but, light in India, though, is very. When I've been to India a couple of times, I thought from a photographer's point of view, it's just a beautiful. Yeah, light.
8: But, India, Indi- and Sri Lanka. I love. Mm, the, yeah, I kind of. I I can't think of a place really I don't like going to. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe inter- maybe Scotland.
6: It's
4: interesting, this, <laughs> there's a shot of the Lord's Pavilion in 2005 and it's so so much less diverse than it should be, <laughs> basically. <laughs> well, you know, this is 16 years ago, but it yeah. does it does show you.
8: Know? Yeah, Kevin Peterson hitting a six into the members and yeah. um, basically you've got about 100 members all looking into the, the sky hoping mm. that the ball's not about to land on their head. Yeah, I mean, <clears> it's, <throat> it's a mixture of kind of uh, great
3: action shots and sort of... Um, you know classic cricket shots but as well as that some lovely off-duty stuff as well as a lovely one where Ricky Ponting with his daughter on the pitch which you say that he loved so much that he, he asked you for a, a copy of it
8: yes he well he did uh and I hear from Ricky's wife that it's in his study now but it was just a lovely moment after and it, uh I don't think Australia won many tests in that series in '09. I think it was the only test they won at Headingley but They won at kind of lunchtime and he wandered across and just grabbed his one-year-old daughter from his wife and and they just kind of played on the outfield while loads of people are calling out, sign this, sign this Mm. and come for a selfie. But they were just, the two of them were just interested in in each other and it was a a lovely moment.
4: There are many fine action photos but I also like, there's a shot of a guy, an MCC blazer with a... Telegraph in his pocket. It's a brilliant photo. That says so much about that type of person and that bloke himself.
8: Yeah, I am attracted to kind of photos Mm. of MCC men. Maybe it's the the (coughs) colours again, the the egg and bacon colours. But uh, I normally get down to Lords and we'll have a look in the in the queue before they they're allowed in at eight thirty and see if there's any pictures because there's Mm. often. Kind of strange pictures, but people decked out in their blazers and their matching ties and caps and things.
4: Fingers. Mm. <clears throat> is all I can say. <laughs> Here's got, yeah,
3: John Fingleton, you know, one of the old Blazers that we've we known through the bumbers. He's he, got everything. He's got. All he's the, the complete egg and base. Yes, well. that's true. The uh, I suppose it's difficult. <clears throat> there has to be a balance between getting drawn into the game so <clears throat> you kind of lose sight of what you're supposed to be doing, um, but you do have to get drawn into an extent because you know you'll start to second guess where the good vantage points are going to be for photographs based on what's happening in the game.
8: Yeah, well, you kind of I, I kind of try and predict what's going to happen. For example, the latest series against India, Joe Root goes out to bat and at Trent Bridge and he middles a couple of, of shots through the covers and you think, he's not getting out. Mm. Like, I'm going to move around the side and try and get lovely batting shots of him. And it just so happened when he got to his century, he kind of, for some reason, I think one of his friends or family must have been right behind me and celebrated wildly towards them, which made a good picture as well. But yeah, you do kind of predict, but I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not a cheerleader. I'm not kind of, you know, barracking for, for anyone to get a certain score or a certain team mm. because, you know, I'm concentrating on, on trying to be in the right place and concentrate and not miss a ball. I mean, that's the, the, the biggest mistake I can make to suddenly mm. look up and think, oh, I've missed a ball there. You know, yeah, I'll, sure. I'll really punish myself that evening if I ever do that. Sure.
4: Great sports photos. They are about going that extra mile, aren't they? Coming up with different ways of doing exactly the way you described there.
8: Yeah, I, th- I think so. There's an element of luck in it, but sometimes you you do kind of make your own luck. For example, in when I went to Bangladesh in 2016, there was one uh, uh, there was kind of one background that would appear at the end of the day, where the where the scoreboard, the the sun would set behind it and it'd make the the crowd all dark in front. And you you just thought, I have to be in position. I have to be scrabbling around the floor and and hopefully make that work for the. For the ten minutes at the end of the day, and luckily you know, with all the dust flying and stuff and the and the sun reflected off Shakib al Hassan's bat, and all of a sudden, you know i had I had a really good picture that I was happy with, second place in that yearly competition. I'm not saying anything about the judges, but maybe they should go and have a, another look at that.
3: There's a great one as well of uh, Nick Compton, uh, kind of in the style of his grandfather, the great Dennis Compton. He's the brill cream here. He's just kind of hitting the ball with a pavilion in the background. And it's got that kind of, it's that colourized look of yeah, an old picture good, yeah. from a from yeah. a cigarette card. I mean, it was was, uh, was that in post? Is that the way that worked
8: yeah. Uh not too much in mm. post, but, but, yeah, we we talked about doing that. Uh, That's great. Yeah, doing the pictures like his grandfather for quite a while, and, and I kind of went down to Taunton, and Nick, Nick, who's a, a very uh, good photographer in his own right, right. Uh, kind of said, oh, I'm not sure I want to do this. And I said, I've come all this way. And he said, OK, I'll do it. Oh, I'm not sure I want to do this. So it was a kind of to-and-fro yeah. thing that day but uh, yeah very happy with the results.
3: That's the thing isn't it cajoling players sometimes into doing that sort of stuff I mean that's simply what it is you know. The Monte Fresco Yeah the Monte Fresco score and I know you, uh, you know, those guys that can get the players because I wonder if it's got harder they worry more about self image than they, they probably did back in the day it was probably a little bit easier they were a bit more malleable back in the day than they are now yeah. aren't they? I think
8: there's less of that now I mean mm. I don't often you know go up to James Anderson and say I want you to dress up as a clown or anything because because i'm pretty sure i know the answer but yeah there's not too much of that but the but the compton thing w- was mm. an obvious thing to do because his mm. grandfather mm. Had, had was famous from these kind of brawl cream pic- style pictures
3: do you, uh, do you have you fallen out of any players over the years yeah. in in the photographer's role is it ever an issue uh, or not?
8: this is a great chance to say no <laughs> no <laughs> oh, that's good. good. No, no. So no, i don't th- think I have i mean the the England squad at the moment are mm. a great bunch of of guys really I mean it sounds like I'm making that up but mm. but they are all very approachable, very friendly, you know we say you know because I'm seeing them kind of one hundred and fifty days a year, they come to training I'm there, they go to a and match on'm of
4: course. So. Originally
8: Australian yeah. You still mm. hear a little bit of that. Can you yeah. can you hear oh, it? Sure. Yeah, okay. you can. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm more of a man of the world these <laughs> days.
4: <laughs> it's a great shot of Michael Vaughan funny if we were there that day, the first ever T20 international down at Southampton and just a shot behind me. it's just a simple shot but a really nice shot I think. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I don't
8: know. I but I'm always looking to get a kind of mm. different shot still working within the, you know, the limitations of you can't go here you can't mm. go there you can't go in the dressing room but but you know there are pictures to be had if you just kind mm. of look away from the action every so often
4: I've never oh, I... seen greg i have yeah. never seen greg davis as a very tall wg grace either that's also a great photo <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, uh, I'm kind of surprised
8: that uh yeah the guy that was at the 2005 ashes dressed as wg grace turned out to you know he's probably won baftas now yeah, haven't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. and I'll, I'll ask the obvious question do you have a favorite do you have one standout picture if it's the, the the one you go to and say that i think that's my best work
8: i've got kind of three that i'm very keen on but probably if i was pushed to a favorite it'd be one i took in sri lanka in 2011 mm. i'd i'd gone for a walk the night before and the sunset was basically purple and i thought what am i doing without a camera <laughs> so I said, right tomorrow night i'm gonna be here with a camera and the sunset was incredible, and two lads were playing, you know, just on golf Face there. And, you know, after quite a few shots, I thought, I think I've got that with an amazing sunset silhouette of kind of five people, including these boys playing cricket. Wow. And uh, yeah, I was happy with that, and even happier when I went on to the nearest bar and there was my competitor with a glass of beer. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's made it even more special.
4: Uh, and one of your son playing as well. It was very sweet. So.
8: Uh, awesome. Did he make it in there? I yeah, heard, yeah. The font. Oh, I, th- I think that was that was the team, uh, and he was the last one to arrive. So I think he's too late to make the photo oh, of the of the, the celebration. So the yeah, he <laughs> it can be in the next book.
4: Yeah. Are you, <laughs> are you planning to go out for the Ashes? Do you know yet?
8: Uh, it's that's a big question. Mm. I'd I'd love to be there, uh, but there's just so much to look at. At the moment, I've got flights booked and I'm hoping to go, but I can imagine going to Brisbane, for example, and not being allowed to move yeah. from that state again and yeah, watching the, the problem, rest of
3: the I mean, you, if you go there and, you, and you're quarantined, you can go to the country, I would imagine, but you can't move state to state at the moment. Yeah, which well, is there's lots
8: of problems, including, uh, you know, cases rising in New South Wales and Victoria, sure. so...
3: Would you not be in the ECB bubble if that was the case, if you go part of the travelling army, if, if you're covering the event?
8: Possible, but, you know, nothing's set in stone yet. Wow. It's just a really it's changing day to day but yeah hoping to get to the ashes i mean i've covered the ashes since 1989 so wow. it'd be a sad ashes without me i think <laughs> but, really? uh... i
4: mean we hear so much about players being away for a long time and without their families and their mental health presumably this is the same for you
8: uh i i did do a two-week quarantine in brisbane last year i don't think it sent me over the edge i I walked up and down the room and did 100 kilometers in a hotel room but that that's normal (laughs) behavior isn't it
3: (laughs) well we wish you well with the book i really appreciate you joining us uh, if if any cricket lovers out there looking for an ideal present it's published by pitch so it's a big old hardback beautifully illustrated and wonderful photographs um, and uh, yeah a lovely book for the cricket lover in your life colors of cricket My pitch is available now. Good to see you. Thank
2: Thank you you very much indeed. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
3: Good afternoon, it's Paul Hawksman, Andy Jacobs, uh, here on Talk Sport. We're going to talk uh, about a new uh, film now, which has a a boxing backdrop, but it is a lot more than a boxing film. It's called The uh, Champion of Auschwitz, and it tells the true story of a uh, a Polish boxer, um, Teddy uh, Piotrkowski, who um, was in um, Auschwitz and... Uh, fought if you like for the entertainment uh, of the the guards there um but again that only really tells part of the story and here to tell us more about it is uh matty bachevsky who is the director of the film matty good afternoon
1: good afternoon
3: this yeah the, the, the most amazing thing it's an amazing story anyway the fact that the, the most of it is mm. true it is is but
6: quite. It's not incredible. a documentary, is it, is it? No,
3: this is this is a, dra- a, a dramatic take on on his story. But um, yeah, tell us a bit more. Tell us a bit more about him and his story.
1: Yeah, uh, Teddy pietrzykowski uh, was a pre-war boxing champion of, of Warsaw, and uh, in uh, 1940, he was also one of the very first prisoners who arrived to the newly created concentration camp, Auschwitz. Actually, he was marked with number 77, so, so a very, very uh, low number. And uh, there uh, he was forced by the um, authorities of the camp to fight with other prisoners. He was actually the very first uh, boxer who was forced to do that.
3: He um, it, it obviously used that to his advantage. I mean, many many of the other prisoners in there said, you know, you fight for us, which I believe is a a line in the film. And he did take on Germans and, and, and beat Germans. He also fought other Poles and, and other prisoners in there. Um, but because obviously he needed to be fit and well-fed to do this, he had improved rations, which he then shared amongst
1: his fellow prisoners. Yes, uh, and that was uh, important in many respects because, of course, on the one hand, uh, bread was the most important thing. A, a, a slice of bread uh, could allow a person to live another day. But uh, there was also another aspect to mm, to his duels, to his fights. Uh, actually, uh, he brought other prisoners hope, meaning uh, He was uh, winning, he was winning with uh, their perpetrators. Uh, He was literally beating Nazis at the camp. So uh, his fights uh, also had this, uh, let's say symbolic value because uh, they, mm, in a way, inspired hope that the war could be won. He wasn't Jewish, was was he? So why why did he end up in Auschwitz?
4: Why, Why did they surround him up?
1: Uh, actually, at the beginning of the uh, of the Auschwitz camp, uh, there were few Jewish prisoners. Uh, the mass transport that uh, they began in 1942. So at the very beginning, uh, he was one of uh, so-called political prisoners of the Auschwitz camp. And these political prisoners uh, were uh, sportsmen, artists, uh, lawyers, and other um, people who were um, perceived as uh, dangerous to the Nazi regime. He was a German
4: officer, wasn't he? Who recognized him as a pre-war, from his pre-war fight career. that... Started this? Uh, yes,
1: that actually happened in the nineteen forty-three. Uh, he's been already. Teddy was at, at that time already a renowned uh, boxer at the at the camp, uh, so that uh, his uh, victories uh, were started to perceived as dangerous by the Gestapo in the camp. So it was actually close to to to. to They were close to killing him. And uh, then a strange coincidence happened. Uh, One of his fights uh, were observed by a a fellow uh, commandant officer from the camp of Neuengamme, who actually was a referee of one of Teddy's uh, fights, I think, in 1938 uh, in Poland, in Poznan. So there was a fight where, where this German referee was present and then he, he turned out to be one of the commandants of a, uh, of another camp so he asked uh, uh, authorities at Auschwitz to transfer Teddy to his camp so that he could continue fighting at his camp. Wow. Is, his, is his story, uh, Matthew, well
3: known in Poland? Is Teddy's story well known there? Uh... I
1: hope so that now uh, thanks to the, thanks to the film it is but earlier earlier it wasn't it was known only to, to fans of boxing and uh, a few historians so I thought it was it was quite important to to tell the story of the of, of the very first boxer who fought for his life. At yeah. I I I mean,
4: these days, I'm sorry, Paul, these days boxers fight about maybe twice a year, three times a year maximum. He fought 40 times in three years, didn't he? Uh,
1: Some people say that even it was more than 60. Uh, Usually those fights happened uh, on Sundays. Uh, And there were periods of time when, when they happened every Sunday. Uh, later on, of course, other boxers were also put in the ring. There were quite a few of them. Uh, there was, uh, was Salam Obrouche, the Greek boxer. Uh, there was a movie about him uh, in 1989 called The Triumph of Will. Uh, there was also Harry Haft. Uh, who, who, but Teddy but was the very first one. In a way, he began the phenomenon of in Auschwitz, which mm. made it seem a bit strange but was quite prominent. There, there were also um,
3: stories that he was offered because of his notoriety and, and what he'd done there. There, there. there was a way out for him. He could have got onto the list that almost made him sort of an honorary German, which would have allowed him possibly to be released, but he refused that. I mean, because he had fought in the siege of Warsaw. He had fought against the Germans. and. Is, is this right, that he refused the opportunity, effectively, to get out of, of the camp?
1: Yes, yes. He was offered to sign so-called Volksliste, mm. which would uh, actually free him out of the camp. He did not want to do that. He told them that it, it, it was uh, too much of a privilege, and he does not deserve such, uh, such an honour, uh, and he respectfully declined.
3: It is an amazing story, and, and, and <clears throat> I'm sure you're very pleased with the, the central performance uh, you got from the actor who's playing um, is playing Teddy.
1: Oh yes, that uh, he, he was um, uh, amazing in this role. Uh, we approached uh, his role uh, in a way, in a like a Hollywood role, meaning uh, we uh, begin our preparations. Uh, more or less 14 or 15 months before shooting. So Piotr Gowacki, who who, who played Teddy, uh, had uh, over a year to to, to prepare for this role. He trained with his coaches six times uh, per week. For 14 months, he has lost uh, almost 25% of his body weight, Mm. but the preparations uh, did not only um, the diet was, of course, not only the on- the only component of the preparation. Sure, yeah. He had to, in a way, recompose his body to also build some muscle mass to be convincing as a bantamweight boxing champion at Auschwitz. Yeah, of course, that must mm. be so difficult. You're,
3: mm-hmm. you know, you're asking <clears throat> so someone who looked like they're an inmate of of a, a concentration camp. Yeah fitter than everybody else yeah. and a boxer so a very very difficult thing to do <clears throat> yeah
4: finally where where can
1: people see the film ah uh, as far as i know uh you can see it in the uk uh, and in ireland uh we are thinking about about the premiere in the us but maybe that will happen next Next spring.
3: Yeah, it's at cinemas, and I would imagine the streaming service uh, services will be showing it as well. So it should be available if you can't get to a cinema at the moment. But very powerful story. It's it's great that uh that Teddy's story is being told, and we, we won't give you know we, we don't have a spoiler. But it, I think people will be interested to see how his uh, story develops. But uh, good to talk to you, Matthew. Thanks
2: very much for joining us. Thank you. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast.
6: Paul
3: Hawksman, Andy Jacobs, here on Talk Sport. We'll have another Paddy's Challenge uh, a little bit later on with Tim Vickery. We'll be uh, joining us with the very latest from uh, South America. And uh, we'll be uh, continuing our build-up to the Champions League games. We'll be in Milan with uh, football writer Sheridan Bird at Liverpool taking on Milan. Of course, Adrian will be at Anfield this evening. Keep you in touch with uh, all the games in the Champions League and the EFL. And, of course, Inter. Play Real Madrid. Unlikely to be
4: three 0 down at half time.
3: No, I, I'd be, I'd be very, very surprised. No Zlatan, which is a bit of a blow, isn't it?
4: No, that's true. Uh, they're they're going for a youth policy. They're replacing him with Giroud. That's right. It looks like he's <laughs> going to play.
3: It's interesting the, the, the movement, um, Ronaldo's movement for the goal, Manchester United's first goal. did have that sort of similarity mm. of Zlatan. It's just they've got, they've just got all that experience. They just know where to pop it's up. It was a lovely, it was a fantastic ball, of course, yeah. but just. Instinctively know him the best player. You attend to me that Zlatan's movement for a
4: goal he scored for Milan the other day. Yeah, no, he's he just he ghosted brilliant. in. Very good. Somebody well, some bloke some rang up breakfast and said, "Well, look, you don't ever go, Ollie If, if uh, you know, if Wembasa hadn't been sent off and if uh, Lingard hadn't made that pass, United would have won." You think, well, you we can't really say that about. Not the way you say that about any game, couldn't you? Really, sport works. No, it, no. Uh, did you see that Mike Parry, uh, formerly of this parish, oh, yeah. is selling his famous cinnamon clip. You know that clip. Selling it? Yeah, as a non fungible token. So you know he says you'll own the broadcast. It's almost rights. worth
3: getting Mike on to explain what a non-fungible <laughs> token is. I mean he could do ten minutes and we'd be none the wiser. No, absolutely. Can you think of anybody worse to explain what it actually is? <laughs> no. So maybe we will. Uh, um so yeah, so he, he thinks this this could be it could be the
4: main It's a brilliant one. clip. It let's does be get. Honest.
3: I showed it to someone from overseas a little while ago, yeah. uh, who
4: was a bit nonplussed by it. Yeah, it's funny though, isn't <laughs> it? It is, it's very funny, yeah. Ludicrous. Uh, we were talking just we didn't chance Finish it, the Queens had a bumper season on the track. Uh, yeah and, uh, as, so, as an owner, not a jockey. So, uh, not, uh, her five-a-side team won the Power League. She's a tremendous. <laughs> no, well, she's doing very, very well. That's right. <laughs> no problem at all. Do you
3: remember Aki Rialatti played for um, Palace? Remember? Yes. Yeah. Him? So, yeah? I, I remember the name. Finnish I player. He's yeah, been yeah. in Finland Strictly Come Dancing. Has he? Yeah. <laughs> He's doing he... all right. Apparently. Who knew? Yeah, um, they're, they're, they were asking him to do a sliding tackle as part of a routine because you have to do a little yeah, bit of yeah. what you did. You know, if you're a te- if you're a cricketer, <laughs> Goffey almost certainly had to bowl in one routine, or Rampstead. So um but yeah, they asked him to do a sliding tackle. But I think he's doing quite well in it. He? He's been doing okay. So there it's, we are. One for the. It's going well
4: for Palace. Good, what were that and the result of the weekend. It is funny. When you, I've seen one of the columnists today in the Mail has uh, basically accused Gary Lineker of appropriating Emma. Uh, you think, yeah, that's the paper that's got at least six pages on her today. <laughs> she's going to do well to s- not survive, but to just not be affected by all this. It's yeah. very difficult, you know, yeah. people talking about the jewellery she was wearing at this thing, see, yeah, how yeah, much yeah. it was and all this stuff, yeah. you know. Let's hope she is well grounded. because She need seems to be- it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She does seem it, doesn't she? But it's, yeah, it's going to be an awful lot of pressure on her, certainly. It's, this was good. One in ten gym goers, male or female, do you see this in the sun this morning? Have experienced an orgasm while exercising. Oh I mean, okay, where are we going with this? Well no way, I was thinking I must be doing something wrong. It's never happened to me. Okay, you're probably going to the wrong gym, Andy. <laughs> I imagine, I imagine, I imagine that's
3: uh, that's what yeah. it is. Yeah, we won't go into any more detail. No, no, here, I didn't I want to go
4: into any more detail. Yeah. I just thought I'd I thought I'd mention it. Okay, well, uh, thank you for doing so. Oh, good. And uh, would you pay two hundred pounds for a replica of your dog Molly? Um, I, I, in what sense a replica? Did you see this woman who was very a dog owner paid two hundred pounds for a replica of her Shih Tzu, but got back a horrible teddy. Rebecca McCann, 47, wanted a handmade memento as Larry's days are numbered. Oh. She was horrified with and what La- came Larry's back. D- not sorry, Larry's days are numbered. Does it mean? That,
3: well, what? he's on his way out. I suppose he's probably old. Oh, you know? okay. So, th- so this is not a taxidermy thing. This oh is no,
4: not, no, 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 oh, no. I don't like the idea of Larry going early, so it can be turned into <laughs> no. a two hundred quid. No, no. I mean, basically, it's, a, it's a, a likeness of. Yeah, it's like people. I mean, I've seen you've seen people have. Uh, paintings of their pets, which yeah, is yeah, yeah, quite a nice thing, you know. But no, have you got a picture thing. of what came back? Or, or uh, it's in the sun. Oh, a, okay. It's well, not very going, good. It's just like, it looks a like a one thing. of those ones you win at a fairground. Oh, okay. Like, it doesn't look anything like the dog at oh, okay. all. Okay. So, well, uh, no. I, I a bit, It's a US firm called Petsies, apparently. I'm sure a lot through. of their other works excellent before they come after us. They just had one
3: bad day. Who knows? All their other work might be might be uncanny. Might be having. But the idea of doing it before. The dog's even gone. Does feel a bit weird. I bought this in preparation <laughs> for when you die. I mean, the dog's sitting thinking, shut up and
4: give me a biscuit. So I, I um, always like it in a hmm. match report when the reporter feels he, he starts off with a sort of analogy and then he has to follow it through. So this is Andrew Dillon. He was talking about uh, Tuchel last night. He said, uh, It's unusual to see a fully grown German man slapping his thighs and shouting loudly. But this was not Tuchel enjoying a traditional night of entertainment back in his homeland while dressed in leather shorts. <laughs> He said. He said. Uh, he said. Uh, Tuchel admitted that last weekend that Lukaku got his team out of jail against Aston Villa. He did it again last night and Tottenham away on Sunday. And there's every chance that he could make Tuchel go the full Lederhosen. Really? <laughs> you think? You think he might? Well, I doubt it. He would be great at Whitehall, lad. Yeah. <laughs> Turn
3: out in the full thing. Pep used to when he was at Bayern. Well, yeah, but they only did that when they had their big sort of celebration of winning the title. He mm. didn't wear it for regular games. He <laughs> didn't go away at Leverkusen he, still, in full ladle. He still makes it like, like that. So
4: he wears the club sweatshirt and it still looks yeah. cool.
3: He's got, well, he, he makes it look good. Yeah, he's got the old fried egg badge on there. He had oh, that on yeah. the other day. It's a good-looking top that isn't he's, it? It's very he's good. amazing. Yeah, a bit of a clothes horse. And anyway... Um, Making a return after three years, apparently. Oh, good. Because um, he got off the fashion scene. He got off the fashion merry-go-round because it was too much for him. He was going to show after show. He was travelling the world. Obviously, He was having burnout. Yeah, he was. The virus didn't help him. But <laughs> no, um, when it ter- yeah. when we turned to high fashion, we turned to our old friend Rugby League man who would attend all these events on, on our behalf hmm. and tell us what was going on trends-wise. Well, we're very pleased to say he-, he called us the other week and uh, he's back on the circuit. Tremendous. And he's been in New York for New York Fashion Week, where all the talk has been about footwear, boots in particular. So uh, take it away. Great to hear from you again. Rugby league, ma'am.
6: Yes, I'm back after three years away interning at some of the best fashion houses around the world. Don't you & Gabbana, Givenchy, Untuck It shirts I've been working at them all But I'm back And it's all about Boots, boots, boots At New York Fashion Week I really don't know where you've been If you haven't got yourself a great pair already But might I suggest You get with the programme And embrace the best perma trend of recent years Chunky boots can dial down a dress Whilst also dialing up jeans My favourites are Russell and Bromley's Tan for snakeskin Chelsea's but for a classic on a budget, try Marks and Spencer. If you go sleek, you can present as polished in a frock without running the risk of looking frumpy. Our kit has a good choice of black ankle and knee-high options, whereas sleek and sparkly takes things to another level with the boot of dreams from Jimmy Choo. Boots Chiff,
4: and all he'll be on boots. He will be in
3: boots and all. He's going to get his own show. That would be fantastic. West Great will have Rugby League Man back. He'll be he'll be touring all the fashion shows. You see, Larry David in the front row of a New York Fashion Week, he didn't look massively oh, that engaged. Doesn't
4: seem, that doesn't seem his thing
3: at all. He, he's just trying to sit there sort of leaning uh, on his elbows. He didn't look like he was... <laughs> well, that's a bit of
4: research. He completely bought into it. He was
3: at the tennis. He's been. You see, he was at the Raducanu Games he was at the mm. US
2: Open as well, so he's been putting himself about a bit. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are, that
3: was this afternoon show. Charlie Baker with me tomorrow, Henry Blofeld, Josh Widdicombe joining us. You'll be back for the birthday spread, if you can find the jokes. He's lost the jokes, folks. Um, join us if you can, if not, podcast available around 4.30.
2: You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4pm on TalkSport.